If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Rocket Mortgage Classic and Betfred British Masters Tips Podcast. It's episode 266. The returning Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams. Join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this PGA and DP World Tour action. Morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting previews for both events. Strokes gained analysis for both events. Course form statistics combined with current form stats for both events. Plus a brand new spanking. Predictor models. All of this content like this podcast are completely free of charge with no paywall. Now Barry is back in the northern hemisphere. You can follow him at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available, along with my weekly golf betting show, which is already available for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Now you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we'd need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review. I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Now, I've had to uh, edit this one slightly because it was about 700 uh, words long. So apologies to Brian from Canada for that. But here we go. Titled A Love Letter for Golf Betting Podcast Legends, five stars. A love letter to my fellow golf podcasters. I have been a loyal listener and lover of the show for many years now. I love the analysis from you three gentlemen. You lot are the benchmark for quality golf analysis. There is no competition. Along with my brother, we do a golf betting tips podcast. Brackets, only major championships. It's quite amateur hour compared to you pros, but we have fun with it. It's called Talking Chips. Anyway... You guys are the absolute nuts, as far as I'm concerned. He didn't put nuts. He put something that was a bit more (laughs) sexy than that. As I'm concerned, when it comes to golf betting and analysis, your course reviews are second to none. Top notch. Keep it up. And yes, that's from Brian in Canada. Thank you, Brian. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, and I've read through the um, the, the entire words as well. Really nice um, of you to spend the time. Uh, to, to articulate that all and uh, best of luck with your own podcast as well I'm sure um, I'll give it a listen I'm sure some of the listeners will give it a listen as well particularly over the Open Championship in a few weeks yeah. time Talking Thank you very Chips much for that Brian let me get my thanks in come on <laughs> just to let him just to let Brian know that when, when I started a Good Talk Spoiled and same with you boys on golf betting system. It was complete amateur error, and I'm not sure we've scaled very much higher from there. But <laughs> no, very true. we managed to pull it. We managed to pull it together. And that's all that matters. Hmm. Did you hear, Barry? We were voted the top golf podcast in the uh, in those sports betting club awards. 
I did. Because I know that you've been away in uh, New Zealand or whatever. Did you listen to any of the podcasts while you were down there? Anyway, we were voted top golf podcast. It's excellent. I mean, love love it. Like, and thanks to everybody who voted. Mm. It means a lot. Exactly. These things are very achievable. Just have to keep going and provide content that people would like to listen to. Now, people know Brian and uh, Barry and Paul were uh, teasing me about my addiction to backing Keegan Bradley. And eventually I slipped and I put him on the post-it note of doom. And what does Keegan do? He goes and wins by about 17 shots at the Travellers' Championship. So thanks for that, lads. So you know, I, I'm not sure I would have been on him anyway because um, I just don't think I'd have selected him. But yes, uh, an 80 to 1 winner, can you believe it, mm. in places he was last week. I just want to point this out. If we go back to the Wells Fargo, Wyndham Clark, 80 to 1. That was an that was a uh, enhanced uh, uh, top level event. We then had Grio at Colonial, 80 to 1, another one on the post it note of shame. We've then had Nick Taylor in Canada, 66 to 1, the first Canadian to win since 57, was it, or 59? Uh, Wyndham Clark wins the, uh, the, the US Open at 66 to 1, and then Keegan Bradley wins the Travellers at 80 to 1. So 80 to 1, 80 to 1, 66, 66, 80. Mm. There's definitely been a move in, ty- in terms of the type of winners that have been winning PGA Tour events over the last six to seven weeks. What do you reckon, Barry? Do you reckon it's um, the act of Steve adding him to the, to the list that's freed up Keegan to, uh, to enable him to win? There's no other reason. You could, get, you could put that into a scientific uh, laboratory experiment and still it would come out saying that it was the post-it note yeah. shame of doom that converted the it. Thing that, the thing that really made me laugh, chaps, was that we were on Ches Reeve a few weeks ago at 350 to 1 mm. and he was his only challenger. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. Mm. First for strokes game putting, Keegan. Did you see he went, um, he went and played uh, crazy golf with his kids on Monday? To get his uh, his putting eye in, and <laughs> must have done the trick. First for strokes game putting, Keegan Brad. It's not the first time, is it? You know, we we, no. we we laugh and joke about Keegan's putting, um, but every now and again he just has that absolute spiky week where it just works, and uh, you see what happens. Uh, Ryder Cup. I mean, it's 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 Zach Johnson's going to have problems this year. Uh, Scheffler one, Clark now at two. Kepka at three. I mean, you've got Clark at two and Brooks Kepka at three for their auto spots. Zach's got some interesting issues, isn't he? Xander four. Uh, his uh, Xander's boring brother Patrick Cantlay at five, and then Max Homer's clinging on at sixth to the auto spots. You've then got this is where it gets really spicy. Bradley at seven, Spieth eight, Cam Young nine playing awful golf. Sam Burns at 10, Morikawa 11, can you believe this? Justin Thomas at 12. Mm. And then outside if he if he just picked on those that kind of merit meritocracy. Denny McCarthy's at 13. If Denny could get a win, you know, things are getting super super spicy. 
Kitty Armour 14, Fowler at 16, and uh, we've got Tony Finau down at 18. Yeah. yeah. Now, you work that through. There's going to be someone of a, quite a high name value that's going to miss out on that team. Mm. Maybe even two. Well, yeah. If, um, if, if, if another name from outside of that list wins a tournament or two, then... yeah. Puts the cat amongst the, um, amongst the pigeons, doesn't it? It kind of makes it scary for us in uh, Europe with the strength of the US mm. team. Yeah. Yeah, big start. What I think it also means from a betting perspective, I think you've got to keep your eye now very, very closely. And I'm not saying it's at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, but we've got some big events coming up. Scottish Open, Open Championship. You're then into the FedEx Cup playoffs. St. Jude's just rolling in cash, the first event. Some of these bigger names that are in trouble for Ryder Cup qualification, when I say trouble, they need to produce something just to make sure Zach can then put a tick in their box. They're gonna they're gonna that something's gonna someone's gonna click. Mm. Whether that be a Morikawa, whether that be a JT. Speed's on the team, whatever, so team captain. And you know. Let's let's be frank. Ninety nine point nine percent. He's going to make sure that JT's on that team as well. But they all want to qualify on merit. They want to be in good form. Yeah. Some of these players, a Fowler, a Finau, someone's going to click and win tournaments in the, in the next four to six week period. Well, it's mad with. They Finau. have to. Yeah. It's mad with Finau, isn't it? Because the form, the winning form that he's been in, but then. You know, a lot of those at the back end of last year were relatively smaller guests in comparison to some of these designated events. And it's, it's just, he's not in the position that you'd expect to see him in, given um, the form that we know he has been in over this period. The same goes for Europe. Same goes yeah. for Europe. You've got players of the ilk of, you know, you just look at Sepp Strucker all of a sudden playing a lot better golf because he knows, you know, the, the finish line's coming. Seamus Power's going to need to find something if he wants to get on the team. Even someone like an Aaron Ride starting to find a lot for. Shane Lowry finished top 10 last week. I mean, Lowry's in, but... These players are around the fringes for the for these additional spots that uh, the Lifsters have left behind. Yeah. So one, of my, one of my friends posed an interesting question in a group thread and said, what about Harrington as a, a captain's pick? He's been playing some good stuff on the seniors. He can't deny that. Yeah. There, isn't that isn't amazing? There's another um, senior tour win for somebody who just played a major on the main tour. Mm. Goes back to the senior tour where it's, it's easier. You know, plays well, goes back and then just bang, win. Now he probably he's probably like three to one starting the week, but, you know, it was there. Yeah, but, through, you know, the, the, the price is... You know, shows respect for the form that he's that he's playing, and you know that, that's yeah. that's the way it is. Take us through Europe last week, Paul. Yeah, well, from a personal perspective, uh, Daniel Gavin's was my Sunday hope. Um, I had him top eight, uh, one hundred and twenty-five to one. I had him eight places each way, and he was ninth going into Sunday, playing some really nice stuff over Friday, Saturday, and then. Uh, he shot 83, which was by far the worst round of the day. So um, he went from a position where I thought he might contend for a place or, you know, with a mad round could even push for something better. And then 
Uh, he had to scroll an awful long way down to find his name in the end, which was a little disappointing. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the winner, uh, Tristan Lawrence. So that's his fourth win now um, in, what, just over 18 months. He's certainly got that winning habit. And uh, I mean, you've got to feel sorry for Yost Loughton. Yost had a nice lead going into the final day. Um I've been on Yoast before when he's been he's been in a similar position. <laughs> Don't surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, you know Yoast can tighten up a bit when he's in that kind of defensive position rather than um, being more aggressive because he played some beautiful stuff on Saturday and it just uh, um, it, you know it, it just just didn't move forward on Sunday and then missed what it was certainly inside three feet on seventeen um, for par and uh, that was the end of it really. But yeah, very emotional Tristan Lawrence and um, just a winning machine um, in, in a DP World Tour level. And yeah, we'll, we'll see where he goes. He's you know He'd been out of form. He hadn't done much since his previous win and then just pops up off the back of a couple of missed cuts and, and wins again at a nice healthy each way price if you'd uh, managed to keep the faith with him last week, which mm-hmm. I certainly hadn't. But yeah, we move on. DP World Tour race to Dubai rankings. Victor Perez. I'm just. I'm going through the players here that are regulars and are effectively chasing a PGA Tour spot for next year. Victor Perez at three. He's he's got a PGA Tour card for next year. Moronk's got special temporary membership anyway. Uh, Minwoo Lee plays this week. He's at five. He's going to end up with special temporary membership. We then get down to the the nuts and bolts. Laraz about eight. Tiorbjorn Olsen nine. Eust Loughton now jumps 12 places to number 10. Can you imagine you? Yost uh, is toast on the PGA Tour. That'd be interesting. Campio 11, Bjork 12, Yannick Paul 13, CM 14, Tristan Lawrence jumps 33 spots to 15th. Yeah, well. He played quite a few tournaments over in the States, didn't he? And and he wasn't missing cuts from memory. He was kind of... You could see there was an upward trajectory with him. We've mm. said along players that just disappear over to the States and then come back to Europe, bang. It's, it's a drop in class. It, there's, there's, there's no mm. two ways about it. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, that that's... We've got a similar dilemma this week at the um, at the Belfry with uh, similar kind of metrics. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, you, you've got to consider it. And these players, they go over, they get some experience. It probably does feel intimidating. It probably does feel kind of, you know, overawed in the, the, the quality of the players that are up against. And then step back onto European soil or, the, or this side of the Atlantic anyway. And uh, it just all clicks again, doesn't it? It's, it happens. We've got a lot of golf to talk, so so let's uh, let's crack on. Um, Rocket Mortgage Classic first. In terms of best bookmaker for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, we're going to highlight Bet365 again. They've extended their default each-way terms to... Uh, sorry, they haven't. It's They buy their each-way um, extra product facility. Um, I've backed them on two of my five tips. So right now, as we record the pod, they are offering market best odds, and you can choose... As many, what do they go up to now? Is it eight, twelve? You can yep, to 12, get with Bet three six five. Yeah, different options out you, there. You can choose what you want to do in terms of the each way uh, facility you want to use via each way extra. Now, right now, Fowler fourteen to one, all best prices, eight places each way. Matsuama eighteen to one, 
M twenty to one, Bradley twenty eight to one, Cam Davis thirty five to one, or how about Optimizer Darling? He's been a darling for weeks now in that kind of six thousand dollar range on DraftKings. Carson Young, hundred and fifty to one with Bet three six five eight places each way. He's as short as hundred to one with Paddy Power eight places. So we recommend Bet three six five if you're eighteen plus and do not have a Bet three six five sports account. You can find details of their current bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very author with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30 when registering. Now, the thing that got me with the Rocket Mortgage Classic this year is just the names at the top. And we mentioned a few of them a few seconds ago. Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa, Max Homer, Hideki Matsuama, Justin Thomas. Now, a lot of those guys wouldn't be going anywhere near the Rocket Mortgage Classic if mm. their game wasn't in a complete and utter funk. They're trying to find something. They need to find something. And that's why they're playing this week. Fowler, of course, is the exception. Fowler is playing outstanding golf. It's also sponsored personally by Rocket Mortgage. So... That's why he plays here every single year. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You've got this tranche at the top, which also includes the South Koreans who aren't playing particularly brilliantly either at the moment. Sung Jae-im. You've got Tom Kim, who putts well for one round and then loses 17 strokes on the green another. So, you know, you've got this whole host of players here, most of them in pretty much of a funk in terms of form. And then Keegan Bradley, can he go back to back? People think that he can, you know, because he was 33 to 1 on first show yesterday. Mm. He's been nibbled into 28 to 1. And then we've got quite a significant jump to a Cam Davis sort, a Brian Harmon sort. sort. Well done, Paul. You tipped him up last week. Was it 90 to 1 or 100 to 1? 100 to 1. So, yeah, full place. That was nice. You did very well on Brian Harmon. Do you fancy him this week at 45 to 1? Not particularly, no. And then we're down into, you know, we're into those 35s out to 40 to 1 sorts. Right, let's take you through some of the detail on the Rocket Mortgage Classic for you. We're dealing with the Detroit Golf Club. It's one of the flattest golf courses on the tour. I think I heard something like 30 feet of elevation across the whole property. So flat as a pancake. It's like playing in the Fens, effectively, for those of you who live in the UK. Uh, Donald Ross, 1916 original. Classical old-style golf course. It's medium length, 7,370 yards. It's a par 72. It's your traditional 72 split. Four threes, four fives. Water hazards on the golf course, only one. So you can see why Tony Finau won here last year. Fairways of bent grass with poana. The rough is bluegrass mix, four inches. That doesn't really scare these guys, to be fair. Um, greens, small, 5,150 square feet on average. They feature 75% poana, 25% bent grass. Stimp, this is key, 10.5. They set this place up to be a total and utter birdie fest. Mm. Balls stick. So proximity to hole, very nice if you can get that. 
difficulty rank 38 out of 50 last year in terms of difficulty. So top 12th, top 12 easiest golf courses on the PJ Tour that uh, last year. I don't see that changing at all because this place has been deluged with water. Loads of rain on Friday, loads of rain on Sunday. It was raining yesterday when I was actually writing my preview. Uh, there's also your typical 50, 60, 70% chance of rain uh, Saturday and Sunday, I believe. That's that's a movable feast on the forecast. Very similar to what we saw at Travellers. You know, there was always dark clouds overhead and some drizzle and whatever. So I think they're going to rip this golf course apart. I really do. Now you look at this as well. There's 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 a couple of schools of thought when you look at the data. I mean, we've had this is only the fifth renewal. We've had Nate Lashley win this. Now, Nate Lashley is a 285, 290 man off the tee. He decided to shoot something crazy like 25 under to win this in 2019. You then get three big hitters. DeChambeau, 23 under. Cam Davis, 18 under. We've got Tony Fee now. On my preview, it's reading 269 under par. I don't think that's true. I think it was 26 <laughs> under par. Now, he was low, but he wasn't 269 under. That would be good. Uh, yes, so 26 under par for Fino. Guys that can get it out there. But you look at the leaderboards as well. You've got Troy Merritt's. You know, these the shorter hitters that can go low. Troy Merritt. Kevin Kisner has, has got a great record around it. I don't think big, beefy driving is the end all this week. I think you will see shorter hitters in the mix and they might actually win. But I do genuinely believe that you want some booming hitters off the tee this week. And if you can fit in a player that's you know, shorter but playing some great golf from approach and on the greens, I think you've got a chance as well with a, with a shorter hitter as well. So I've effectively put five boom, uh, four out of my five tips, I've got four boomers and a guy that's playing very, very neat golf tee to green and putting lights out at the moment. So that's kind of where I went with this. If I look at strokes gained per course, so basically the champion and where they've averaged in the players that made the cut, it's a bit tricky because you've got basically, you know, you've got one shorty and three monsters, but um, 17 for off the tee, 18 for approach, 13th around the green, 4th for tee to green. This is the number though. The winner here has averaged 10th for strokes gained putting. So we're talking winners here, and we've got a field of pretty high-quality players, 8, 10 players at the top of the leaderboard. One of those, if they're going to win, they're going to have to putt in the top 10 for strokes gained putting. And when you look at Tony Finau's putting numbers at the moment, Colin Morikawa's, when you look at Hideki Matsuama's, they are slightly improving. He's a worry for me, Matsuama. JT's putting. Not been there for a period of time. You, you can you can be very, very concerned about one of those or those players actually finding a red hot flat stick this week. Because that's what they're going to need to win this at this 14 to 20 to 1 price point. So you know what I've done, don't you? I've gone for the form horse. I've gone for Ricky Fowler. 
And I was deeply, deeply concerned this morning when I switched on Bet365 and they've boosted him to 18 to 1, <laughs> which is basically the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm on Ricky. I think, you know, if Rick is sitting there four shots off the lead going into Sunday, I'll be an excited young lad. Yeah, that's the one. Clearly, if he's four shots clear and someone like Hideki Matsuama's within four, I'll know that Hideki's going to come through and win and Ricky will finish in the top five or six. Well, this is the thing. You can't just play par golf on Sunday from that position because someone will shoot six, seven, eight under and... Uh, Keegan was interesting last week, wasn't he? He just had that buffer. Him and Ches Reeve had that five-shot buffer going into Sunday, and they kind of knew. They're old, experienced hands. Come on, one of these guys got to shoot literally 57, and I need to fall apart. They had that in the back of their mind. Now, Reeve couldn't handle the pressure, but Keegan just kind of got those few birdies in the first five to six holes, calmed himself down. All he needs to do then, 20 feet left, 20 feet right of the hole, I'll just palm away and it's just job done. Yeah. No one's going to catch me. No. Ricky's a terrible, terrible, terrible leader of a golf tournament. But he's just due, isn't he? He's just so due. And you can put big question marks against a lot of these players at the top of the lead, at the top of the market. Mm. So, yeah, I'm on Ricky. Yeah, I've think- been saying on this podcast for weeks, he's going to do a Jason Day, a Justin Rose. He's going to win something at ridiculously horrible odds in a very, very poor quality field. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know mean, you've been talking about him for this for a few weeks. So I think you know, for you not to have backed him at this point would would, would be wrong. So, so yeah, I can see where you've gone. I think the, the numbers, and you're talking about scoring ability, um, go back to the US Open, 23 birdies he made at the US Open. And that was by far the standout number on that metric from the entire field. Now, he made an awful lot of bogeys as well. But if you're feeling that ball going in the hole, you you know you're making those red numbers. Um, and then you go to yeah. a course like this that is scorable. The you know the penalty for, for misses is probably a par rather than a bogey. Then uh, you know he's in, he's in the right position to, to go forward and, yeah, again, contend. And potentially get that win that his form does deserve. I think eighteen birdies, three eagles last week. Shot sixteen. Which, which round was it? The second or the third round, wasn't it? Second round. I think. He was also best for par five scoring last week mm. on only eight visits to par fives. Yeah, yeah, lots to like. Um, um, yeah, I've put Ricky in yeah. with um, some multiples this week. Um, but yeah, I can see exactly why you've gone down that route. He sits currently first for strokes gained total. Uh, 14th for strokes game putting and 4th for strokes game tee to green over my last 8 week metrics mm. so he's got that balance of playing great from tee to green and he's making putts yeah, yeah. which is, you're going to need to do this week so. what about you Baron? are you on? gotta be you can't be can't be price proud at this stage just keep on it um, I'd, I'd almost I'd love it to be as a fan, I'd love it to be like something like the Open Championship, but you can't. Um, you just can't deny he's playing so great, and the price is awful, but it's reflective of how good he's playing. So here we go. I said to Paul last week, if he doesn't win this week, Scottish Open. If Paul doesn't put him up at the Scottish Open, I will shoot Paul <laughs> because 
you can just see it a mile off. We're all on this week, 14 to 1. Better field next week uh, in the Scottish Open. What are you going to get? 20, 22s maybe on Fowler? Because there'll be Scheffler there, McElroy, a lot of the of top players playing. Goes out and wins. Mm. It's going to be this week or that week. Yep. Or that's, that's, that's what's happening. Yeah, or the Open, yeah. It's close. He's seriously close. It would, yeah, very, very close. He's playing. He's playing so well. It wouldn't like it. It couldn't be a shock if like take away if, if you just kind of applied his stats to another player and it would you know take away the the Ricky factor that it makes it easy to back him. Mm. If it was any other player, you, you wouldn't put it beyond him to go and pick off a couple of wins in short succession. He's just playing that good. Mm. Yeah. I then jump. Two fifty to one, one and a half points each way. I got with William Hill eight places each way. Ludwig Aberg. Now I would have thought most people listening to this podcast know of him. He's been talked about very, very highly on the uh, you know on betting podcasts and whatever. But for those that are just stepping in, ex world number one, uh, the PGA Two have now got a um, a situation in place where if you're world number one middle of the year, you can then jump straight onto the PGA Tour with exemption. And that's what he's done. 25th in Canada, 24th last week at the Travellers. This golf course screams, screams Ludwig Eber because this guy hits it a mile and relatively straight. I just think he could tear this place apart. And when you're talking about Ludwig Eberg, He's already won four individual amateur titles in 2023. He is no mug, mate. Attended Texas Tech University. I just think on a golf course where booming the ball is a massive advantage, this golf course is perfect for Ludwig Aberg. You you are not going to be getting 50 to 1 on Ludwig Aberg for too long. This just screams to me. What we saw a few years ago with the Hovland crop, the Wolf crop, and the Morikawa crop. He's going to just take on board the PJ Tour for a few outings, get his head around it, go to a course in a weak field that he know, you know, can just take apart, and all of a sudden, this Ludwig Aberg's near the top of the leaderboard. And he's playing the John Deere Classic next week. There's no way you're going to be getting 50-1 to 1 on him next week at the John Deere Classic. So I've taken it. So fifty to one on Aberg, and then I go to sixty-six to one. Where are you two guys pitching your tips? Um, I've got another two. Um, one is in that bracket, or just below that bracket. Uh, Cam Davis, I've backed at thirty-fives, thirty-third last week. Four for strokes going off the tee, which is his strength. Um, Open with sixty-five, closed with a sixty-three. As we know, he's won here in the past, and uh, was fourth at the USPGA. Championship, what, just four or six weeks or so ago. So some good top-level form um, in his locker and uh, mm. course form. And, yeah, that spiky kind of couple of rounds last week as well, which, uh, which are, are, is nice to see heading into a, an event where he's going to need to do that for four rounds, um, but has previously done it. So, yeah, Davis, for me, 35 to 1 with eight places each way. I've got another one, but he's in the three-figure bracket. Nice, Paul. Otherwise, uh, I'm going. I'm going outside with the rest of mine. Um, Should I, I go through my sixty-six to one and eighty to one chances then? 
Well, outside. Well, one of them is outside at sixty-six, and the rest, you know. I got it. You go through yours. Well, one guy who's just been playing extremely hot golf as well, um, I couldn't seem to get away from is Austin Eckroat. Catching. Mm. I'm on. Please. What price did you listeners. get, Barrett? What price Please, did you? Get? I haven't. I haven't backed him yet. Um, so I'm going to go. I'd be pressing your back button quickly. <laughs> I'm going to do it before. Before just Paul's going to give me the heads up before he launches the podcast. <laughs> but could you give the listeners a better breakdown of why Eckroat's a good bet this week? Well, Stop. I looked on the data golf rankings this morning, and Austin Eckroat is up to 58th on their rankings. He's above players of the like of Benny Arn, Adam Schenk, Taylor Moore, who's won this year, Adam Hadwin, Alex Smalley. Now, decent players, he's ahead of them. Kuchar, Jaeger, Christian Bezadenhu. And that's the kind of rise you've seen in this guy. Now, Austin Ekro was on the road to the Corn Ferry Tour again on, on after his rookie, no, start to his rookie season. Playing and then all of a sudden, Corrales fifth. But then you see when he arrived on bent grass based greens, there's been an absolute, you know, three uh, 180 degree turn in his play. Really, second at the Byron Nelson, he went out in the last group with Jason Day, and he, for considering it was his first PGA tour. Contention, he shot six under 65 to bag second, Mm. yeah, down in Texas. He's then gone 16th at Colonial, 30th at Muirfield Village, yeah, enhanced tournament, boosted. Uh, Unbelievable round of, uh, what did he, I think it was something crazy like five under 65 in the final round of the US Open to bolt to a top 10 finish at the US Open. Yeah. And he was 24th last week at River Highlands. Now, River Highlands... For Nickety, 6,800 yards. Rory McElroy was saying it's kind of, it's it's part, it's not a place for bombers, effectively. Um, this place is going to suit Ekro far, far more. I wouldn't say he's the longest off the tee, but he's 23rd for strokes going off the tee all year, 16th for total driving. So, and 24th for driving accuracy. He sits 67th for driving distance all drive. So he's in the top third for distance, 24th for driving, actually. And as we always say, long and straight tends to be uh, uh, something you want to on all golf courses. I just think Ekrode's going to absolutely love this course. So there you go. Mm. Playing some lovely stuff, Austin Ekrode. I know a lot of DK players have been on him for quite a period of time. Um, uh, You know, yeah. In the six sort of thousand dollar category, yep. Uh, he's been found out on that now, but yeah, I think he's got a great chance this week, Ekro. I really do. And the fact that he was second at the Byron Nelson and in the final group and shot six under and on Sunday gives you hope that if he can get near the lead, it actually hang around. The other one I went for eighty to one. Have you managed to get your bet on Barry? Or I'm working on it. Are you working on it? <laughs> Um, Ches Reevy, we've been here before with Ches. I'm sure I heard Keegan Bradley talk to Ches during the first nine, and he went. I'm sure he called him Che. Sure, he called him Che on the on the coverage. Anyway, um, we've been here before with 
with Reevee can back up a top five performance with a win the next week. And I thought, on the, in this world now where 66 to 1 and 80 to 1 winners are the new norm, I could put a whole team of bombers in and all of a sudden Ches is just sitting there on Saturday night going into Sunday at the, near the top of the leaderboard and you're like, what are you, what, why didn't you pick him, Steve? So I've, I've just banged Ches Reeve in there because his approach play and his putting, and we've been talking about his putting now for a number of weeks, is really, really mm. strong. And I don't think, as I said, I think if you're on form and you're a plotter, this course is short enough it's a birdie fest at the end of the day. And Che can be very, very, very hot when it comes to scoring. As we saw last week. So he's in at 80-1 to 1 for me. I've then got a 100-1 to 1 chance. And I've also got a couple of sort of players I would mention at big prices. So do you want to chime in, Paul, with your long shot? Yeah, um, you mentioned him. Right at the top of the show, actually, Carson Young, one hundred and fifty to one, mm-hmm. um, still out there with eight places each way. We've bet three six five right now. I suspect you'll go one hundred and twenty five, maybe hundreds, because he's being backed a little bit. But right now, as of Tuesday morning, that price is still there. I've backed him a little bit recently. Um, a lot of it on the strength of that uh, U.S. Open qualifier a few weeks back, where he shot sixty three, sixty two to win that qualifier by two, which really caught my eye. Uh, but you look at last week, 23 birdies and an eagle. That's, again, the kind of scoring ability that I want to see heading into um, a birdie fest like this. Tied for 15th last week. Making his debut here. However, there's only a, you know, well, four previous renewals here. There's not a massive experience out there. Um, I don't think it's going to handicap him that significantly. Not enough to put me off making an each-way punt on him at 150 to 1. So... Yeah, happy happy to take a chance on Carson Young this week. But that's it. That's my card. Young, Davis, and uh, Ricky in my doubles. You're not sticking with Sam Bennett on a golf course where top driving is a real... Uh, you know what will happen, don't you? Yeah, Sam will be near the top of the leaderboard. I know. <laughs> I go, yeah, it, it's just starting to become expensive where I'm, you know, I think I'm putting him in for the right reasons and it's not quite happening. But I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. Perhaps if he starts reasonably well, then a, a little in play punt. Any more for you, Barry? Looking. Well, looking at your preview, I'm going to let you do the last one because I'm also uh, going to back him too. Kevin Yu had four months out with a knee injury, but by God, this guy can strike the ball. He's long, he's straight, his ball striking is amazing, can't putt. But if he gets the first two elements right this week, Drives the ball, which he did beautifully at the Travellers last week. Again, gaining over four shots off the tee. He's rusty. I didn't expect him to even make the cut. He was 10th at halfway. If he can tidy up the approach play, and if he can be anywhere near neutral putting, I think Kevin Hughes got a big, big chance to get an each-way return this week. Mm. I know it's a false number, but this guy ranks eighth for strokes gained tee to green across the full season on the PGA Tour. That's what you're dealing with here. 
Honourable mentions. Vincent Norman, 175 to 1. That guy can smack the ball. Really, really can. And I also think Callan Tarran, the, the, uh, he's from uh, Darlington, I believe, Callum Tan. He's got, I think he'll go well this week as well. Big, booming driver of the golf ball, Tarran. Mm. I remember him at the PGA Championship contending and then fell away. 200 to 1 is out there on Callum Tarran. Again, he was similar to Cam Davis. Two very good rounds last week and then two very indifferent rounds. So he's percolating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, did, it caught my eye as well, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, 20th last year, wasn't he? So, yeah, there's, there's a nice little combo there to, to look at. I think I was on him last year when he was at the 3M Open. And he, he did get a full each way um, return at about 200 to 1. He's that sort. Gets a nosebleed when he gets far too close to the top of the leaderboard. But you just know... He's going to be there or thereabouts, top 15, could squeak you an each-way return, and he can bomb the ball a long, long way. Yeah, nice uh, DK play potentially at 6,900. Yeah, I would assume he's going to be very, very popular. Mm. The player as well that I think will be popular, uh, he's not my cup of tea. If you actually look at his stats week in, week out, he'd be a 17-time major champion. Will Gordon. People are going to see that he hits it a long way, makes a lot of birdies. But I've seen with Will Gordon over the years, when he gets anywhere near the top of the leaderboard, you know, 65, 63, all of a sudden there's a 78. But yes, I think there's there's some nice triple-digit plays this week, undoubtedly, down there. Yeah. And, you know, DK plays as well. Right, let's move on. We have a fantastic tournament up at the Belfry on the outskirts of Birmingham, the Bet Fred British Masters. So over to you, Paul. Yes, yeah, returning to the Belfry for what's the third time this uh, this year in succession. Uh, this year, hosted by Sir Nick Faldo. So they do like to swap the hosts around. Um, but it's nice to see, um, you know, a little bit of continuity and staying at the same venue as well. It gives us, as punters, a little bit better chance, I think, of digging out the winner. Um, the fact it's sponsored by Betfred and Betfred are going a full 10 places each way, 50 odds. Uh, and they have some really good pricing to go with that as well. That gives us a good chance as well this week. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. four of my five bets I placed yesterday were with Betfred. Now, you often find these bookies who go to full 10 places, the prices do tend to take a bit of a hit, but they were really, really competitive yesterday. So do check them out. There's On my preview... We have their latest bet 10, get 40 in free bets and bonuses offer, um, which is available to UK punters with the bonus code WELCOME40, WELCOME40. So 40s and Cs, of course, on the on the website. Do check it out. But if you haven't got a Betfred account, well worth looking at this week with their full 10 places, a fifth of the odds. Now, I alluded to it earlier. We've got a couple of players who popped over from the uh, the PGA Tour who sit at the top of the market. Justin Rose is the headline act this week. Uh, Ten to one out there right now. He won't be that. It's going to go um, nine to one. Will be the best price you can get. Even by the time this you're listening to this podcast, he could be down to that level by then. Rose, of course, won Pebble Beach. Um, you know, I don't think he needs much introduction. Really, is 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 
I think quite rightly at the top of the market. Minwoo Lee has been playing some nice stuff as well at the US Open last week at the Travellers 12 to 1. Adrian Moronk 14 to 1. Jordan Smith 18 to 1. Then a little bit of a jump. Alexander Bjork 30s. Defending champion Thjorbjorn Olsen 33 to 1. Uh, 35 to 1 shots of Bob McIntyre, Victor Perez, Rasmus Hoygaard, 40 to 1 bar those players. As I say, Betfred 10 each way. Coral and Labrooks have also gone 10 places each way. Do check them out. And uh, there's a few going eight places each way as well. So lots of options. Do shop around this week. Make sure you have a look at uh, different options before placing your bets because there are plenty of good ones out there this week. The Brabazon course at the Belfry is where we're at. It's hosted the last two renewals. It also hosted the 2020 ISPS Hander UK Championship. So um, we've got some recent history that's in this week's stats pages, the course stats pages for this week. Before that, it was 2008 and prior. So there was a bit of a gap. Um, but we've certainly got some decent uh, statistics to look at from the last three three years. So 7,336-yard Parkland affair. Slightly different in his setup, though, for his par 72. There are 12 par 4s and then just three par 3s and three par 5s. So uh, more emphasis this week on par 4 performance overall Ben Poer greens they tend to favor those players who aren't quite so adept with a putter so um, players who can play well from tee to green but not not necessarily out and out uh, putters often do come to the fore here now in terms of the forecast over here in in England it's well over the last couple of weeks, it's been really quite nice. You've, you, well, I know you're over in Ireland, Barry, but I'm sure it's been uh, similar over there. But you've missed it while you've been down in uh, in New Zealand. The sun's actually been out, which is... Uh, <laughs> it's been in the harsh cold of New Zealand, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it wasn't that quite that bad. It wasn't too bad on the North Island. You know, 12, 14, 15 degrees during the day. <clears throat> but down on the South Island in Queenstown, it was, it was hit the... Um, temperature was hitting zero. Oh wow oh dear sounds like iceland <laughs> yeah well, don't, talk, don't talk to me about that it's, it's it's been it's been very different here so and that, and that they have an impact on the course it's kind of been mid-20s center grade so high to mid-70s over the last couple of weeks um a little bit of uh you know the, the odd showerly on the th- odd thunderstorm here and there but i'm expecting the conditions to be um, fairly firm particularly on the fairways this week at, uh, at the belfry We've got sunshine and showers forecast. It's not going to be quite so warm this week, um, but still up to kind of 70 Fahrenheit, so 20, 21 centigrade in the afternoons. 10 mile an hour winds, maybe gusting 15 at times, so nothing overly excessive. I expect it would just be the fact that the fairways will be um, reasonably challenging to hold this week. Uh, that will be one of the testing factors of the Brabazon course. Now, we've got two two angles to look at this. We've got, of course, the British Masters history, which uh, it was resurrected back in 2015. And then we've got course form as well, um, which kind of overlaps. And then we've also got this 2020 event to consider as well. So um, it, it, it's a little messy, I guess, but uh, if you can try and wade our way through it. If you look at the, the event winners since 2015, Matt Fitzpatrick won. Uh, 33 to 1 back in 2015. That was uh, near here at, uh, at Woburn. 2016 was Alex Noran at 18 to 1. 
Paul Dunn won 66 to 1 in 2017. Eddie Pepperell was 30 to 1 when he won at 2018 at uh, Walton Heath. 2019, Marcus Kinholt, 175 to 1. 2020 was Renato Paratori at 50 to 1. Richard Bland won here at the Belfry, 150 to 1 for Bland. And last year's winner, Tuobjorn Olsen, was a massive for him, 75 to 1, as he won his first. Uh, event for what was four years after his trials and tribulations prior to that. Now, course winners, recent course winners, um, of course, we've talked about Olsen. He won at 10 under, Bland won at 13 under. Prior to that, Rasmus Huygaard, he was a 14 under winner at that UK championship. So very consistent winning totals when they've actually played here um, at the Belfry. And if you go back historically, that kind of 10, 12 anything up to 13, 14 under number really is quite consistent. So I'd be surprised if it deviates massively from that again this week, which does make it quite a challenge. It is, it is a quite a challenging course in general. It's not quite what you'd describe as a technical course, I don't think, but it only just kind of veers into the uh, into the category above. So you need, you need a bit of uh, stoicism as how i've described it in my pre- preview this week which i think is the right kind of approach uh, stoicism yeah yes i think so yeah i hope you i hope you're saying that right and you're spelling it right because <laughs> you know where we've been over the last couple of podcasts but i love that word love it yeah i'm sure we'll so it's, it's gonna be a tough test that's what you're saying this is yeah. this is no 27 under rocket mortgage classic i don't think so i think if you're managing to get if you're shooting 68 69 70 on the first couple of days you're going to be in touch you know you, you don't need to go silly low to to pick mm. yourself into a position to, to to win here if you're you're sitting four or five under at the halfway point i think you're in with a great chance of winning the, the golf tournament if you have a good weekend um i'd be surprised okay. if it massively changes from that but no these things do uh, very little but uh, it has, really has been so consistent at the Belfry that you kind of know what you're going to get you kind of know what to expect as well from the players who play well because in this strokes gained uh, era and we've got strokes gained data on the site for this event as well approach play strokes gained approach seems to be the key metric and again if you were to pick just one statistic to focus on as your kind of bedrock for analysis this week then strokes gained approach would be a really good place to start I think Traditional stats have been really varied. And, you know, if you look at Thorburn and Olsen, then it was about the scrambling and putting. If you look at Bland, it was about accuracy and uh, greens and regulation. So that doesn't really help you. But if you dig it down into um, or drill it down into strokes gain, then Olsen was ninth for strokes gain approach. Bland was second for strokes gain approach. Uh, Rasmus Hoygaard was fourth for strokes gain approach with the three wins that have been, or three events that have been held here at the Belfry. And if you look at some of the also-rans as well, or some of the closer finishers, Benjamin Hebert uh, in 2020, he finished third and he led the strokes gain approach stat. Mikko Kahonen, the following year, 2021, he was third as well, and he also led the strokes gain approach. Justin Walters last year, um, exactly the same. He was third and he led strokes gain approach. So if you're performing well on that metric this week, then you could well find yourself in the mix and in with a chance of winning this prestigious golf tournament. 
Um, other than that, incoming form, it does vary um, if you go back through the different British Masters winners. But if you just pick the last three Belfry winners in isolation, so that it does include uh, Hoygaard, then all three of the winners had a top 12 finish in one of their last three starts. So um, that may well be a pointer. Um, Olsen and Bland, they also both had a top 20 finish here at the Belfry before winning. So I think some previous... Uh, positive form of some description on this course is not a bad way to start. I guess when you're looking at something that where you've got a defined metric like strokes gain approach, you've got some um, course form uh, to, to look at and you've also got some recent form pointers from the historical winners, then that does kind of give you some confidence this is a kind of event that you could work out particularly on this you know as we've just described a challenging track which will appeal to some players more than others. So um Pretty hopeful this week. I've gone with um, 15 points in total, which is more than I tend to. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to attack this one quite heavily, particularly with the 10 places each way available. Uh, towards the top of the market, you know, I, you, you, you've got to give Justin Rose um, credit. You've got, to, you've got to give him a lot of respect. You've got to give Min Wu respect as well. Fifth at the US Open and uh, I forget, seventh or thereabouts last week at uh, the Travellers. Of course, Min Wu's got to adjust quickly to, to last week's birdie fest um, and coming over from the Travellers. And yeah, I, you know, I, I got pulled up talking about um, jet lag last time and uh, you know, whether that's right or wrong is you know, debatable but he's still got to adjust from a, um, a low scoring affair to something that's going to be a bit more stringent Justin Rose hasn't played here competitively for 20 years I can see why people are backing him he's a class act in this field um, he, you know, he will have played the course plenty of times over the years in practice and uh, you know he'll be expected to go well this week but um I've avoided those two. I've taken Adrian Moronk, the next one down in the list, at 14 to 1. Um, he's still available right now with Betfred 10 places each way at that price, which is how I backed him. And yeah, personally, I think Moronk can, can beat the pair of those guys above him at the top of the market. He's got a real incentive to perform. You touched on the European points list earlier, Steve. He sits in fourth place in that at the moment. Hmm. Um. You've got Rory, you've got Ram ahead of him, and those guys are, you know, home and hosed, aren't they? They're well ahead. The guy directly in front of him is Yannick Paul. Now, I've got a lot of time for Yannick Paul. I've backed him a lot recently. He's kind of um, drifted away in the last few weeks. He pulled out of, you know, one of his home events last week um, with a back issue. And if there's an open door for Adrian Moronk, then it's there right now. Whether Yannick Paul plays this week or not, he's in the field, so we'll see. You know, it may, may have been something relatively minor, but for him to have chosen to not play last week, it must have been significant enough for him to uh, to you know to feel that he couldn't actually tear up in one of his home events. So the doors open. Adrian Moronk um, can land himself a European. Uh, berth in the in the European Ryder Cup team, I think, if he can continue the kind of form that's seen him win, what three times now in his last twenty nine starts, I counted. He won the Irish Open this time last year. It was exactly this week last year. So for your biorhythms fans, that's another pointer. Third last week in Germany. Uh, third here in twenty twenty one. First for strokes going tee to green on tour for the season. Thirteenth for strokes going approach for me. Moronk has absolutely got a full house of stats this week. It ticks every box I'm looking at. I can't not back him this week, Adrian Moronk. So Moronk's in three points each way. Um, 
Uh, I've also backed Jorge Campillo, 40 to 1. Again, I backed him with Betfred 10 places each way. If you look at Campillo and compare him to the likes of what? Tristan Lawrence or Tristan Lawrence, Adrian Ronk, Pablo Larathabel, Oki Strydem, all four of those guys have won twice so far this season. And Campillo, with his win in uh, uh, Kenya earlier in the year, he could join that illustrious club. It seems to be a trend, doesn't it? These multiple winners, um, get players getting a um, the winning feeling, the winning habit over on the DP World Tour recently. He's won three times at this level. And prior to Kenya, he won in Morocco at nine under. He won in Qatar at 13 under. So they're kind of two very relevant winning totals, I think, ideal for this in terms of the level and uh, the difficulty level at least. It's been a little bit off the boil after his win in Kenya, but 14th last week in Germany, closed with 66. That was the best round on display by two full shots. And he's got some decent momentum coming into here, I think. Seventh year in the 2020 UK Championship. Lots to like about Jorge Campillo. Lots to like also about Guido Migliozzi. Um, and I backed Guido at 70 to 1. I took him with uh, Bet365's eight place market. Uh, the price with Betfred was a little bit prohibitive with Guido, but there's certainly some good prices out there. Still 70 out there right now. And I think that is a decent each way price for a guy. Well, we know he's a bit hit and miss. When he's on, he's exceptional. And when he's off, it's a missed cut. So you do kind of factor that into your calculations with Guido but the guy can win three wins now the most recent of those wins was um, at Le Golf National another testing course back in uh, the autumn last year closed with a 62 we've talked about it ad nauseum on the pod because it was such a good round from Guido that week and there's been a few sparks so far this year nothing special and that's why you're getting the price on him he led Abu Dhabi at halfway and he closed with uh, 63 in South Korea um, which had me and a number of other punters clambering all over in the following week and nothing happened. Um, but yeah, last week, that was the most positive, um, I think, in terms of consistency. He put together four solid rounds last week, finished 10th. He was strokes game positive in every single category last week. Um, and he's got he's got some course for him. He lost that playoff here with Richard Bland back in 2021. It was almost a sacrificial lamb because at that point, everyone, you know, the world and his wife wanted uh, Richard Bland to win. So, uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's almost like it had been the pantomime villain had he actually beaten Bland on that, uh, that playoff. So I think he can exercise that demon this week, get the win that um, he deserves and uh, continue his rise up world golf, Guido Migliozzi. Two longer shots, uh, Marcus Armitage, 100 to 1. Armitage, the bullet, he's got the approach play game um, to feature here, I think. Ninth at the Italian Open relatively recently. Um, Top 10 strokes gained. Performances in South Korea, Sudal opened, uh, the KLM opened and Holland as well, because that's really where his strength is. And for me, he's best on tougher tracks like this. Seventh here back in 2020, 100 to 1. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no reason for me to not back him at that price. No reason not to back John Catlin at 150 to 1 either, because he's another one of these guys that thrives on these more stringent tests. Again, three times a winner, similar to a few of my players this week. One of Valderrama at two over par. Gal Gorham Castle, 10 under. Again, that's similar to this. Uh, one in Austria as well, 14 under. So those two final 
wins were both in the right kind of uh, ballpark for this week's test, I think. Two attempts here, uh, 25th and 36th, uh, solid efforts, nothing massive, closed both times with 68s though, so he can play the course and uh, he seems to have found a little bit of form, a little bit of spark at the Scandinavian mixed, he was fourth to the halfway point um, and that was his last start, so it's uh, not really been factored into his price and when Catlin on a tough course finds his game, he can compete and contend so happy to take him on 150 so Catlin Armitage Migliozzi Jorge Campillo and Adrian Moronk my team of five Barry a chance to cast your eye over the Belfry trying to do something on the fly here <clears throat> speaking of jet lag I'm doing my best to deal with that I think it's a mindset thing just don't accept that it's there uh, ignore um, Con- Connor Syme is one I was looking at mm. yeah, he's played well here before hasn't he who's third last year 14th last week just kind of immediately said uh, hey when I was looking at the sheet so mm. uh, but yeah I'm a bit on the fly right now to have anything with uh, more conviction yep yep no fair enough fair enough what about you Steve Guido 70 to 1 mm-hmm it's got to be a punt, hasn't it? Uh, and you look at Callum Hill, he plays well, doesn't he? 50 to 1. We bet, both we bet 365 each way extra. Yeah, do you know, I, I looked at Hill. He does play well here. He is playing through a bit of pain with his back. Um, he, he pulled out of an event two or three weeks ago and um, went back home and got some treatment on it. And he's, he's taking painkillers now. Now, he played well enough last week um, to suggest that it's not a massive problem. But um, I, it was the question mark in my mind that put me off backing him. But yeah, beware the injured golfer. You never quite know, do you? Mm. It's quite interesting that you get a lot of juicy price winners of this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Guido's right in that um, in 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 that uh, ballpark for him. Yeah, I I do, I, I would urge. Um, listeners to look at your strokes gained analysis this week because you know it's, it's courses like this where it really comes to the fore I mean Callum Hill ranks first for strokes gained total here mm, yeah. and you've got Guido at number six yeah so yeah well worth a look indeed indeed and just while I remember I talked about the each way double that was with Moronk and uh, Ricky Fowler both of them 14 to 1 that works out um, if my maths is correct, 224 to 1 for a Guido, uh, not Guido, for an Agent Moronk and Ricky Fowler each way double this week. Hmm. Which would be nice. Excellent. would be very nice. I hope your bets go well, gentlemen. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, boys. And best of luck to listeners. We'll be back next week. The, the, uh, the John Deere Classic. And what have you got, Paul? Uh, Denmark this week, oh, next week, so made in Himmeland. Good fun Excellent. one, that one. We'll see you again next week. Cheerio. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system, the golf.